Welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name's Ray Heron. In this episode, we're going to tackle some news. Uh, we're also going to be talking to the one, the only, Chaotic Blonde, ahead of round two of her racing season for 2020. But without further ado, let's get into the news. Well, it's one of the new models we're most looking forward to in 2020, and now Aprilia's MotoGP riders have been set loose on the new RS660 to help keep the flame of excitement alive as the world awaits the official release in a few months' time. With the bike plan to go into full production next month, three MotoGP riders were given the chance to put the bike through its paces. Now, this was a pre-production example of the hot new Aprilia, but they got the chance to uh, to really let loose. The verdict. From from the factory riders was unanimous. Aprilia is onto something special with the RS660. Well, they've been a cornerstone of Auckland's motorcycle scene for decades in the central Auckland location, but now Coleman Suzuki is on the move to a new location with a range of motorcycles and accessories on offer, set to grow significantly as well. The new store remains centrally located in Auckland City, but says Coleman's team moved from Grundy Street around the corner to 40 McElvie Street, Grey Lynn. With the new store also comes a new flagship brand, with the Kawasaki brand joining Suzuki under the Coleman's banner. owner-operator Alistair Henwood said it is a significant and epic moment for the business. It's huge and I'm pumped to be finally making this happen for our customers, Henwood said. We've invested a lot of time and effort into the new build and it provides a great and generous functional space for the workshop, sales and parts department. It was only a matter of time before BMW's iconic M Racing division came to the party and helped BMW Motorrad produce something truly special, and that time has finally come with the unveiling of the M1000RR. Making its debut alongside the newly redesigned M3 and M4 sports cars, the M1000RR, as the name implies, is heavily based on BMW's S1000RR. This isn't the first collaboration between BMW Motorrad and the M division, with the two already having introduced the successful M vehicle offer strategy at the end of 2018 for motorcycles, the S1000RR in particular, and has been offering M optional equipment and M performance parts ever since. The new M1000RR uses a water-cooled inline four-cylinder engine based on the already established RR powertrain. Updates include BMW shift cam technology for varying valve timing and valve lift that has been modified comprehensively in the direction of a racing sport engine. Peak power is claimed at a 212 horsepower or 156 kilowatts at 14,500 rpm, while the maximum torque of 1,013 Nm is achieved at 11,000 rpm. In addition to the increased redline 15,100 rpm, the MRR engine has extensive technical refinements over the base S1000RR engine, such as new double ring forged pistons adapted combustion chambers, higher compression of 13.5 to 1, longer and lighter titanium connecting rods, slimmer and lighter rocker arms, fully machined intake ports and new duct geometry, as well as optimizations on the camshafts and intake area. The lightweight exhaust system is also made of titanium. 
Ducati has launched itself well into the tech sector with the launch of My Ducati, the app this month, which promises owners exclusive Ducati access as well as plenty of useful features. In the garage section, customers can consult the documentation of their motorcycles at any time and always have their Ducati card, the official Ducati document, with them. The garage section also allows enthusiasts to while away the hours configuring their Ducati of their dreams. Save it, share it with friends and potentially take it to the dealers. Additionally, the selection can also be customised with a picture of their own Ducati which is probably the most important part come to think of it. And that about wraps up the news. Catching up now with a young lady who's all over social media, especially Instagram. Uh, Amber, the parents probably named you that. Uh, most people know you as Chaotic Blonde. Hello. Hi, how are you? Fantastic. Yourself? Yeah, good, good, good. Uh, you're a Kawasaki girl, yeah? Yes. Um, initially, I uh, probably wasn't. Way back in the day, I learned to ride on a uh, on a Honda CRF 230 when I was about 13 years old. But um, yeah, when it came to the search for road bikes, Kawasaki was definitely where I where I ended up. Nice one, nice one. I've seen you all over Instagram, um, especially with the uh, the Kawasaki's. Let's, before we talk about what you're getting into this year or for the remainder of this year, let's talk about where you started. So you started on a, on a CRF 230 riding what, a bit of dirt? Yeah, it was really just around um, sort of a paddock with my mates and uh, I probably did it about three times and never touched a bike again until uh, about two and a half years ago. Okay, and what was the, uh, the catalyst there? Um, well... <laughs> I, uh, I was working Sundays at the time and our Sunday receptionist, who just so happens to be a dude, was mentioning how his uh, partner's father was going to sell him an R3 for extremely cheap. And I thought, oh man, actually, when I was a young kid, I remember seeing a bright green ninja and I've always thought that was the awesomest looking bike I have ever seen. And so uh, on, together we jumped on Trade Me and started sort of going through bikes and thinking about uh, what we could get up to. And that's how it all started. <laughs> right. Okay, cool. Uh, and what did you get? Well, I went out and tried quite a few bikes. So for me, I am only five foot one, um, so very, very, very short, which meant that touching the ground on the majority of the bikes I tried, I couldn't actually get on top of. Um, so initially, was on the Ninja Three Hundred until I chatted to someone and they mentioned, "Oh, have you read about the 400 And this was this would have been about November, um, and they were only due to be released in February. And I thought, "Heck, I've not ridden before. I can definitely wait a little bit longer." So. Um, ordered myself a Ninja 400, one of the first slot that came into the country, and then the interim borrowed a, a really good friend's Hyasung 650 to learn on. <laughs> yeah, we've got a we've got a bit of a history with uh, the old Hyasungs on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, they're good bikes. They just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so that's your history. What are you riding now? So we've got six bikes in the fleet at the moment um, with a seventh borrowed bike but that's not to be revealed until the 18th of October so a bit of a special day for that one um, but at the moment we've got the Ninja 400 so still have it absolutely love it um, and then followed by that uh, when I got my full license I thought heck I need a bit of a quicker bike as I think everyone generally does say at that point um, and got myself a 2020 ZX6R and then decided to give dirt a go so <laughs> got myself a 2019 KX85 um, and then following on from that uh, ended up buying one of the podium track bikes uh, for the higher cup 
so managed to get that into the fleet and then as well as that uh, my wonderful partner he's got a Z650 and a KXF450 so between us the garage is a bit full brilliant so on a Saturday morning you wake up and go right what are we riding today pretty much on the Saturdays I have what <laughs> I am um, I primarily work Saturdays so for me my Sundays are my bike days um, and yeah at, at the moment it's what bike am I going to commute to work on given that the Harbour Bridge is uh, not quite up to standard so it's it's been in the, uh, the 400 and the, and the 636. Fair enough. Nice one. Okay. Uh, so that's what you ride on the road. I hear you're getting into a bit of track stuff. Yeah. So I um, managed to get Sean White, who um, who was a top three uh, cup rider. He unfortunately had a big total uh, end of last season at Motofest. And uh, I was initially interested in his bike and sort of went, oh, are we going to be able to get it back together? He reassured me it would. And long and behold, he did. Um, so I picked up the bike in full primer and decided to enter the Carl Cox Cup for the 10-year anniversary. And, um, yeah, have, have absolutely loved the first round and really looking forward to the second. How much of a steep learning curve has it been? Well, I was very fortunate that I think seven months after I got my learners, I went, right, I know there's one place on the planet that you can go and ride however you want, but it's going to teach you a hell of a lot, and that was a track. So I've been pretty much riding on track uh, very shortly after I decided to start riding road bikes and um, yes a very steep learning curve for a different bike that's for sure the first time I ever rode it was at round one so <laughs> I was never sure how it was going to go uh, but managed to sh- uh, shave 12 seconds off per lap time um, by the end of end of the day which was a really awesome achievement um, and sub 129s for for a first start is uh, not a bad thing no well done and I hear you've stuck some um, some tank grips on for round two <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I was uh, having a wee bit of a slip and slide around every corner on the last round, and it got to the point where we ended up finding double-sided tape and slapping that on the tank just so I could try and stick to it. (laughs) Brilliant. Um, Now, there there was a bike in the fleet that we can't talk about, but I'm wondering, I hear you've done a bit of a test on something. Can we talk about that one? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was very fortunate that uh, Kawasaki lent me their uh, 2020 KRT edition um, 650, which at first, when I heard I was going to be getting it, I kind of went, oh, all right, we've got a really heavy bike that's lunar approved with minimal horsepower and I thought it was going to be a bit of a tragic combination. Long and behold, a few weeks after having it um, around home, it has actually changed my mind on it entirely. So yeah, I've really enjoyed riding that um, and massive thanks to Kawasaki for lending it to me. It was more just to sort of get a female perspective and particularly a short person perspective on um, on something a little bit bigger than the 400 which has been so popular. And um, if, I can del- if I can dive into it, what is the short person perspective on that bike? <laughs> Very good. So big thing for me is um, weight and seat height. So seat height was quite good as it's about five mil bigger than the 400. So I was had confidence that I'd be able to touch the ground. But it's not just touching the ground. It's actually being able to manoeuvre it at that slow speed, which is where all my drops have happened in my in my learning stages. So, um, yeah, no, it was, it was definitely good to jump on it. I was very fortunate that the first part of the ride, uh, I didn't have to come to a stop. So it wasn't until 25 minutes in that I went, oh, I'm coming up to a traffic light. Let's see if this actually goes in a positive manner and luckily it did um it took a while to get used to given that it is a little bit heavier but once we really started sort of 
uh, playing on the throttle and taking it through some twisties out on country roads. I was absolutely blown away that a bike that heavy um, with sort of that underrated power could boogie the way that it did. Does the weight kind of melt away or is it there while you're riding? Yeah, absolutely melts away. It reminded me so much of my of my 400. My 636 can throw absolutely epic tantrums um, when <laughs> taking it around corners if I make even the, the simplest mistake. Whereas the 650 was very, very forgiving. I had a few slippages um, when I sort of tested a little bit too hard, but every time just came straight back upright and it was really good to handle. Brilliant. Well, good luck for round two. I look forward to seeing how well you do. Uh, if listeners want to follow you and see your success uh, on the track, how can they find you on social media? Um, so pretty much chaotic.blonde on Instagram, um, chaoticblonde on Facebook, and then I do have a website which I'm throwing up a couple of gear reviews, which has been a bit of a passion for me. Um, so that's just chaoticblonde.co.nz. Um, and then also you'll probably see me floating around many of the Kawasaki New Zealand posts as well, given that I am uh, very fortunate to be an ambassador for them. And and my wonderful sponsors, Moto Gear, also known as Derby. Moto Gear do an excellent job supporting a lot of people, and they've got quite a good range of stuff, uh, stuff too, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. It was it was really fortunate that I managed to get on board with them. Um, all just came about from buying a Revit jacket and absolutely raving about it, uh, and then girls sort of following suit, and from there it's, it's never looked back. It's been great, and they've helped me out with all my dirt as well. <laughs> got any advice for, the, uh, for, firstly, ladies looking at getting on two wheels? I mean, ladies aren't restricted these days or even back in the day, but at all to being pillion. And anything, any advice to anyone short of stature? Yeah, I mean, girls need to just get out there and do it. Um, we're really fortunate that we're sort of building a bit of a community now. Um, one of Kawasaki's big initiatives was getting more girls on bikes. So we've sort of joined up and created Kawi Girls Riders, um, which is a Facebook group that we all sort of come together and do nice big rides. Uh, so I think Coral Loop and some fun stuff is going to be coming up in the future. But I think having a, a group of girls that you can get together and just talk about anything with bike related um, and having their opinions and sort of their thoughts instead of oh yeah good guys are good but it's nice to have a lady's view from from time to time um, so just yeah, getting out and doing it I think is probably the biggest thing um, we need we need to see more girls on track it's definitely not a male sport anymore we're seeing more of them out and about but it would be good to really really change that and then for short stature um, I think a, a set of platform boots is probably the best way to cover <laughs> on that one um, but yeah just learning I dropped my bike many 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 times um, when I started to learn and it's it's nothing to be ashamed of everyone's got to start somewhere but once you get the hang of it um, best thing is what people have told me is uh, just keep moving keep your feet up <laughs> if you if you don't stop there's no need to put your feet down but if you do uh, some crash bars or maybe some um, sliders yeah definitely my RNG sliders have saved I saved my uh, my 636 I should say I didn't have them on the 400 because I knew nothing about them at the time when I started riding um, but I had a bit of a whoopsie on the 636 way back when I first got it um, down a hill on some gravel I just accidentally slipped when I put my foot down and those RNG sliders pretty much saved the entire bike only had to um, pay for one lower fairing which was an epic achievement I should say <laughs> Outstanding uh, Chaotic Blonde thanks very much for your time we look forward to uh, following your progress uh, good luck for the next round and of course future rounds and keep us in the loop on all of those ladies rides so we can help promote uh, females in the sport Yeah definitely will do and thank you guys so much for having me as well 
Thanks very much for listening. This is Kiwi Rider Podcast. If you like this podcast or you don't, leave us some feedback. Put a comment on this episode on whatever platform you're listening to us now on. You can also get hold of us by emailing podcast at kiwirider.co.nz and we're on Facebook and Instagram as well. We'd love to hear from you. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with a riding buddy of yours. That'd be absolutely outstanding. We'd love you for it and it helps us justify to the penny pinches that this podcast is worth making. Also, check out more information, specs and a whole lot more in the latest Kiwi Rider magazine. Go to Google, search Kiwi Rider Jumag, Kiwi Rider J-O-O-M-A-G or go to kiwirider.co.nz. Till next time, I've been Ray. Keep the rubber side down, throttle on and we'll catch you in seven days time. Oh, 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 oh,